Welcome to Temple Priest Training Podcast. Hosted by Master Prophet Noel. Episode number 3. Ace Teaching Prayers and Ritual Training. The student must learn the spiritual protocols for prayer and rituals he will use to have access to the deities in the secret temple. Every time you seek the wisdom of the deities, he will be required to perform these spiritual ceremonies to ensure that the black magic is released. Protocols that must be followed. Protocol number one. The student must take a spiritual bath every day to ensure that the negative energy that is released while performing black magic doesn't stay connected to his inner chakras that will bring confusion in his personal life. You as a student must understand that when you are performing black magic, you are vibrating negative energy into the universe to be able to touch a person at a distance. That negative energy sometimes will reside still in your spirit body. So it is your job that every time you perform black magic, you have to take a spiritual bath to eliminate the negative energy that might be stuck on your inner chakras. If your inner chakra is being affected with negative energy, you will have confusion, you will have money problems, and you will have all kinds of manifestations in your personal life because you are operating in magic and you have not taken the time to cleanse yourself. Every time you are working magic for a client, a paying client, you have to make sure that you take these spiritual baths. Go into the shower and rub yourself down with salt before you even turn on the water. Then what you begin to do is a prayer. Summon Ele Guachango to cleanse your inner chakras and remove any low vibration that might be connected through the magic that you perform. Then what you begin to do is you take your soaps and you start to cleanse your body and you go through that process. Then what you do is you light a white candle and you call on your guardian deity and begin to ask him to purify you. Begin to ask him to remove any negative energy that's around you and then you close the prayer and you thank the deities that they have spiritually cleansed you. Now, what I would also recommend is that for you to follow up a spiritual cleanse, make sure that that day you do something nice for someone to reinforce the psychology and the spirituality that you are called by the deities to bring help to all those you consult. If you are doing magic for a client and you start to notice that you are moody, that you are edgy, that you are confused, that you feel like struggle is in your life, this is because of low energy that's affecting you that you must cleanse yourself. And these are signs. If you are working profit and you're operating with Santeria, you should walk with certainty in life, with confidence, with blessings, with prosperity, with abundance should be constantly the mindset that you walk in. Do you not understand that you have ancient deities helping you to win in life? So where is the confusion coming from? Where is the poverty, the mind of poverty coming from? Where is all of this lack coming from? The low vibration that begins to manifest as you enter the secret temple and you're dealing with low level spirits. Whoa. When you stand in front of a deity, let's say Chango, and I stand in front of Chango, and I ask to curse this woman. 
I'm going to give the name of this woman. I'm going to show a picture of this woman, and I'm going to ask Chango to curse her and make her fall and stumble. Chango is not going to produce the manifestation. Chango is going to summon a low-level spirit that will activate the magic to come alive. Do you understand? So when you feel this low-level energy of confusion after you leave the temple, money struggle, and you feel this low, it's not because Chango is bringing this to you or the, your guardian deity is bringing it to you. It's because the deity will choose a low-level spirit that will activate this magic to come alive. Protocol number two. The student must ask the believer seeking his magical ability to provide him a financial donation to cover the cost of the statues, the candles, the chickens needed to perform the blood magic. Remember, the ritual items used in the ceremony cannot be used for other clients. Whoa. It is your responsibility as a prophet working in the temple, looking to manifest miracles for your clients, to ask them for a financial fee. Let them give you the economics necessary for your lifestyle. Do you not understand that people are going to come to you for all kinds of problems? You're going to have women that come to you and say, can you take my son out of jail? He's going to be doing 25 years to life. He got caught with a gun. Do you not understand you will have women that come to you that are barren, that will tell you, prophet, please help me to have a child? Do you not understand that you're going to have women that come to you begging you to bring back a lover into their life? So they're requesting something magical from you. You have the right to ask them for economics. Let them give you the economics you desire to pay for your lifestyle. And then what you begin to tell the client is, listen, I need this amount of economics. I need to pay for statues, candles, and other occult items to make sure that this magic comes alive. When you request an economic level from the client that is looking for your services and is looking for you to call on the deities to work a miracle on their behalf, and the client tells you that they do not have the economics to cover in that area, refrain your prophetic utterance. Refrain your magic. Refrain your ability to work at these levels of divination and tell the client that whenever they're ready, that you will always be here to serve them. So you say, Master Prophet, what do you mean? You are standing in front of the temple in front of powerful deities that control life and death. If the customer wants you to take their son out of jail that committed a crime and got caught with a gun and save him from doing 25 years in jail and they're not willing to put a $1,000 offering in your hand, turn around and tell them to come another day when they're ready to make the donation. Why? Because if you're risking your life standing in front of the temple, in front of these powerful deities, then they have the obligation to provide you the economics you desire for the miracle that they are looking for you to manifest. And I want to make it very clear. As a temple priest and a prophet that is working in the temple, whatever donation you request from your clients, stand on that donation level. Don't turn your back. If the client says no, 
don't provide them the service. You say, but Master Prophet, that sounds mean. No, it doesn't. The client is looking for something supernaturally. Let them go into Walmart and pay for something that will get their child out of jail for 25 years. Let them go pay for it in the store. And I can guarantee they can't find it. So if they can't go to the store and find it, and they can't go to the world and find it, so why can I not request what I desire if I'm working in the dimensions of magic? This thing that they're requesting is invaluable. So let me give you perspective. A woman comes into my ministry and says, Master Prophet, my son was caught with a gun in a criminal act, and they're going to hit him with 25 years. And I begin to tell him, you know, that sounds really serious. Master Prophet, can you do something? This is what I'm going to tell the lady. I can, if you make a $1,000 offering, I'm going to stand in front of Chango for seven days. And I'm going to ask him to do me a personal favor and work a miracle that the paperwork gets scrambled up. That the evidence get lost or the witness to this crime disappears. I'm going to ask Chango to summon spirits to go forward and begin to rattle this case so much that it gets thrown out of the court so that your son could walk away. Now, if I ask this woman for a $1,000 offering and she tells me, Master Prophet, I don't have $1,000. Can we go cheaper? I will say, absolutely not. She'll say, but Master Prophet, why? Because you're requesting something that's going to change your son's destiny. Do you not understand that 25 years in jail, let's put a price tag on that. Let's say your son's earning potential is $50,000 a year. Let's time that with 10 years. That's 500,000. Let's time that with 20 years. That's a, a quarter of a million dollars. So you're telling me that if your son is going to be in jail for 25 years, according to $50,000 of his own personal uh, uh, ability where he can actually gross every single year, he's going to be losing out in the half a million dollars, somewhere between a million dollars in income. And you are refusing to give me a thousand dollars. You always have to remember that as a working prophet and as a temple priest, the client has to give you what you desire. So let me give you some perspective. If a person comes to me and I would recommend that if the, the situation that's unfolding is a serious situation and it has to do with life and death, make sure that you get the donation level that you truly desire. So let me give you another example. Let's say a woman comes to me that has been having trouble conceiving and she begins to tell me, Master Prophet, I need your help. Me and my husband have tried for many years to conceive and have a child, but we're having difficulties. I'm in my 30-somethings already, and I really need your help. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask this lady to make a $3,000 offering. Once I request a $3,000 offering and she says, Master Prophet, that's too high for me, I will begin to explain the process of magic. I begin to explain to the woman that I'm going to have to summon a deity called Yamaya in Santeria. This is a powerful woman that's in charge of all women. She is the mother of all women. She is the goddess of the ocean. She loves seashells. She loves the color yellow. She is a woman of true essence. I'm going to have to summon this deity to go to you in your dream and will personally tell you 
if you will have a child. I have to, I have to call on that deity. I have to summon that deity. I have to convince that deity that you are worthy to have a child. Now, if she begins to say, well, Master Prophet, I understand, but I still don't have a $3,000 offering, um, what can we do? Then I begin to explain even further. I said, listen, let me tell you about Yamaya. She's a beautiful woman. She's a goddess. When she comes to me, when she comes to you, she's going to awaken the goddess inside of you. She's going to come and she's not only going to come through the process of making you a mother, but she's going to awaken creativity. She's going to awaken money. She's going to awaken businesses. She's going to awaken ideas that are going to come to you. She's going to show you pathways about your own spiritual life, how to activate yourself and really go to the next level. She's going to awaken the goddess in you to make a better version of yourself. When I begin to take the time to explain how this deity will come and impact her life, she will give me that $3,000 and she will go through the process of the purification and the rituals necessary for the deity to come and work a miracle on her behalf. As a working prophet and as a temple priest, it is your responsibility to explain the benefits on calling these powerful deities. Explain the benefits. Tell them all the great things that are going to manifest in their life when the deity comes to answer their prayers. Because when they begin to understand that a deity can bring you love, relationship, money and wealth, health, when the deity can bring you things that you can never achieve on your own, then they will understand the sacrificial sacrifice they're making when they're releasing the economics in your hands. Explain to them that the miracles that the deities will bring will be everlasting, will be bigger than they could ever imagine because when a deity comes, it brings transformation. Protocol number three. The student must wait for the deity to grant him the permission to provide blood magical rituals and avoid rushing the spiritual process. The deity alone knows the right time and the spiritual maturity the student must endure before walking with blood magic and entering the temple with the chickens in your hands. You as a working prophet should never rush the process of performing blood magical rituals for paying clients. Take your time in entering the temple at these levels. There's no rush. If you plan to operate with Santeria for the rest of your life, you will be able to reach those dimensions and the deities will be the ones that will teach you the time to start entering the secret temple with the chickens in your hands. So let me explain how this works. If you are working prophet, a temple priest, you should learn how to master candle magic first and begin to go through that process of learning all of the different ways that you can summon the magical deities using candles. You know, we know that the white candle is for purification, cleansing, and health in people's lives. Everyone that comes to you that is struggling in their life, that need peace, that they need calmness in their home, you get them to use the candle, the white candle, and you summon the guardian deity that was assigned to you for them to pray to. You know that the red candle represents love and romance. 
you know, any client that is having situations in their life and they're looking for their lover to come back into their life, get them to pray with the red candle summoning the deity that you call on. We know that the cardinal yellow represents health, sicknesses and disease and the removal of those circumstances. Every time a client is dealing with anything that has to do with health, get them to use the yellow candle. Go through that process of candle magic first. Master those levels. And then you can begin to look at blood magical rituals. Now, the deity will be the one who will declare the timing for you to begin to enter the temple with the chickens in your hands. It will be the deity that will alert you when it's time. For many years living on the farm, I worship and call upon the seven African powers and use them to work incredible miracles for all of the clients I serve. And I want to make it very clear. I only started to do blood magical rituals here on the farm when the deities alerted me when it was time. I always kept away from blood magical rituals because I knew the responsibility that when I entered the temple as a temple priest with chickens in my hands and I pulled the blood of these animals, summoning a magical ability to attack a customer, to attack a person, to work a magic or to awaken someone from a situation, I knew the severity of this situation that I had to really, really make sure that this is the pathway I was going to take. I knew that as a temple priest, that when I entered the temple to pour blood on the behalf of a working client, that there would be no way in hell will I ever be able to go back to a normal life of a nine to five job. I would stand as a temple priest forever in the presence of these deities. Make sure that you don't permit anyone to tell you when is the right time to begin to perform blood magical rituals. Make sure that you don't permit anyone to tell you all of the money you will earn by doing this level of magic. It will be the guardian deity that's appointed to you, that will come to you. And he or she will alert you when is the time that is ready so that you can begin to perform blood magical ritual. The deity will tell you that you are spiritually mature enough to begin to walk into the temple and perform this level of magic. So let me give you my personal testimony. Master Prophet Noel has been living on this farm for several years by myself. And I remember that for the first three to four, somewhere between three years, I was doing all kind of magic for my clients. I was doing candle magic. I was doing rituals and spells. And I was doing all kind of stuff for the people that meet me at the University of Prophetic Coaching.com, where I have a bunch of people that follow me and buy my teaching courses, they buy my CDs, they purchase rituals, they do all of these services right there on the website. Now, for the first three years of me living on this farm, I did not perform any blood magical ritual until the deity began to come to me. And then every time I walked through the farm, I kept seeing the deity says, I want you to build a temple over here in the forest area. And then what I would do is I would just act like I didn't really hear the spirit really telling me because I knew that the moment I put my consciousness to what the spirit was speaking, I had to manifest it. So day after day, the spirit was constantly giving me suggestions. 
I want you to build this place over here where you're going to be able to do blood magical rituals on the outside, pour the blood on the ground and not be concerned. I want it to be gated. I want it to be closed. And I want you the one that the only one that could enter that secret area. The deity kept instructing me to do it, putting this in my heart. Every time I went through the farm and I was going through my daily task of maybe cutting some trees, um, putting some plants or doing some renovations, the deity kept telling me, it's time for you to start doing blood magical rituals. Now, this is what happened in my life. The moment I decided to do the blood magical ritual and obey the voice of the deity, the first thing I told the deity was, I need $5,000. Because I needed to, to create a place where I can go inside of, like a temple area, where I can do these blood magical rituals and 100% privacy. And I remember that when I prayed to the deity and I asked them, bring me, bring me people that bring me $5,000 and I'll start to do blood magical rituals and perform at the level you desire. That same day, a client came to me and she began to tell me of all the struggles that she was having in her personal life. She began to tell me that someone was throwing magic on her and that she was almost lost her job. She told me that she was being demon possessed and she was having a lot of manifestations. And I remember that I remember the, 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 the request that I gave to the deity to get me $5,000. And I remember that I asked her for $2,500. She said, Master Prophet, do you want it in PayPal or do you want it in Cash App? And that was the first payment of $2,500. Two days later, another individual came to me that was having struggles with his eyes. And he really believed that it was black magic that was causing him these effects. And I remember that I had told him, listen, I'm willing to help you using blood magical rituals, but I need you to make a $2,500 donation. He was the one that made the twenty-five, dollars and now I have $5,000 in my hand. I built a temple. I purchased these large statues of the deities and placed them in the temple. I made the temple ready for blood magical ritual, and I began the process. This is my testimony. So the point that I'm explaining here is simple. If you are a working prophet, a temple priest, I would recommend that you stay in the softer dimensions of magic by casting spells, doing, blood, uh, doing candle magic, uh, doing rituals, prophesying, doing tarot cards, doing shell readings, uh, um, doing energy healing. Work with all forms of divination. Leave the blood magic rituals until the deity comes and tells you that you are spiritually ready for that dimension. When the deity comes and tells you you're ready, then you pick it up and then you begin to operate at that level of magic. Protocol number four. You cannot ask Chango and the seven African powers to manifest a miracle on your behalf or for your client you serve unless someone initiated you and dedicated you to this powerful deity. If you light a candle and you summon this magical deity you purchased from the cult store and you enter the secret temple on your own, you will encounter dangerous temple guardian spirits that will begin to spiritually attack you. Whoa! I want to make it very clear that I get numerous people that come to me and says, Master Prophet, you know, the other day I went to this occult shop and this lady recommended me um, a candle to Chango and the seven African powers. 
and I purchased the, cha the, the candle, I purchased the statue, and then I began to call on Chango because I really needed a miracle in my life. The first thing I asked her is, who told you to do that? Oh, the lady at the Botanica. She told me all I needed was a candle and a statue and that I could summon up. What you're not understanding is that these occult leaders in the Botanica are looking to sell products. They don't care anything about your spiritual health. So there might be people in the Botanica that would recommend a candle. They'll recommend a statue. They'll recommend a book. They'll recommend some cologne. They'll recommend some powders for you to burn, but you don't have the right to burn or do any of those things. Do you not understand? This is the world of the occult. This is not something that you're learning from YouTube. This is real life magic. And you don't have the right because you bought a book to enter the secret temple and communicate with these powerful life and death deities. And what's happening to a lot of my clients that don't have the right that someone convinced them from a botanica to buy a candle, to buy a statue, they're becoming demon possessed and they're having all kinds of manifestations that they can't control. Why? Because they were never initiated to a deity. Let me make this as clear as possible. Let me just, let me vocalize this even more clearer. If you do not plan to become a temple priest and serve God's people using magic of the powers of Santeria, you should not even work with this level of magic. You should not deal with Santeria. Let me repeat this. If you do not plan to be a temple priest for the rest of your life and serve God's people using magic of Santeria and dedicate your life for the rest of your life, you should never come into the secret temple. It is dangerous. Now you say, Master Prophet, give me some context because I'm not understanding this. If you read in the Christian theology, you notice that in the Old Testament from the Christian Bible, they would tie a rope around the priest's leg every time he entered the temple. According to Christian history, when a, when a temple priest was not permitted to come into the temple, he would drop dead. This is not my opinion. This is Christianity 101. So if I can take the, the, the psychology of Christianity, that in the Old Testament, everyone that went into the temple that were considered temple priests, people would tie a rope around their leg because when that person was not supposed to be there, they would drop dead. And no one could go into the temple that wasn't supposed to be in there. So what they do is to get the dead body out of that temple, they would pull the rope from his leg. And this is, this is Christian theology 101. I'm explaining to you how this works. Imagine standing in front of Chango. Imagine it standing in front of Yamaya. Imagine it standing in front of Elegua. Do you think that these temple deities are any weaker? I'm going to make it very clear. When I hear of a client that is somebody I don't even know, these are people that call me, these are people that are asking my help, and they're telling me that they're worshiping Santeria, and the first question I ask them, who initiated you into this religion? And they tell me, no one. I tell them, you're in trouble. And they said, Master Prophet, what you mean? I said, listen, girl, you are in massive trouble because now all of those low-level spirits that see what you're doing is seeing that you're not protected, you're going to be demon-possessed. Your children are going to be demon-possessed. You're going to start to have bad luck. 
You're going to start to have health prices. You're going to be fired from jobs. You're going to have accidents. You're going to have all kinds of manifestations because your dumb ass did not understand you are not to enter the secret temple. You are not to enter the secret temple until someone initiates you in this level. Nowhere in history do we see anyone picking up a book and reading it and summoning ancient spirits. We only see that in the 21st century because the 21st century, there's so much freedom that the majority of people are so ignorant. Now, if you look at history, the Mayan culture, and you look at all other cultures where they work with magic, the average priest that went into the temple, it took them 10 to 15 years before they ever even went inside that temple. It took them decades of training and preparation before they started to carry the mantle as a temple priest. But today, no one needs that. You go on eBay, you buy an occult book, and immediately you are a temple priest. That's not how this works. Now, you can do that. Go ahead and do it. But you're going to deal with the manifestations of have low-level spirits seeing that you're not protected, and they're going to come after you with magic. When a low-level spirit sees that you're not protected, it's going to try to come inside your body and demon possess you because they want somewhere to live. When a low-level spirit sees you trying to enter the temple and you're not supposed to be there, it's going to start to attach itself around you and you're going to start to have health problems, legal problems, relationship problems, and then you're going to ask yourself, where is this stuff coming from? It's coming from because you're entering a temple where these old-level spirits, these guardian gatekeepers are watching you, knowing that you're not protected, so they're taking advantage of you because of your ignorance. My recommendation that if you want to work at this level of magic, find a spiritual leader that will initiate you into Santeria and teach you the protocols necessary for you to have success. He will begin to teach you the spiritual baths, the prayers, the rituals, the statues you must use, the candles that you must do. He's going to teach you the proper protocol. He's going to take you time to show you these levels so that as you go into the temple as a temple priest, you can be protected with the guardian spirits watching over you so that you can win in life. Protocol number five. The secret temple has the book of life that reveals all secrets. The secret of the universe and mankind. Secrets about every disease and illness and every cure that's still not been created. Every book, every song, every creation, every invention, Every technology that has not been manifested on the earthly realm is contained in the book of life, waiting for a gifted person to tap into these pages. You as a temple priest must spend unlimited time in the worship of Chango and the seven African powers that you can find in the temple that will purposely permit you to see and experience the book of life. Let me explain to you one of the benefits of becoming a temple priest and entering the secret temple, you will have access to the book of life. When you enter the secret temple, there will be guardian spirits guarding the book of life. The book of life contains everything in all of creation. Do you not understand that there are books, tapes, videos, DVDs that have not been created? Do you not understand that there have been inventions that have never been created, that if you are a temple priest and you open the pages of the book in life, you can learn the secrets of those creations. 
I want to make it very clear. In the book of life, you can see all things. So you say, Master Prophet, how do you use the book of life? Simple. A woman comes into my ministry and begins to say, Master Prophet, I need you to do a session for me because I'm having some health issues. She makes a $75 donation and I begin to prophesy to her. I begin to prophesy to her that she has an illness or a disease in her body, but I need more clarification and I want her to make a $500 donation because I'm going to enter the temple and I'm going to open the pages of the book of life and I'm going to tell her the disease that she has, the sickness that she has, the time of life that she has. I'm going to reveal in details everything she needs that's going to bring clarity to the situation. She'll say, yes, Master Prophet, and she'll send me the donation. And usually I will allow maybe one or two days and then I'll set it up for her to have a session with me. She'll call me back on the phone and says, Master Prophet, I'm ready. I begin to tell the client that as I went into the secret temple, I began to notice that she had this certain sickness. And I began to explain to her that while I was reading the pages in the book of life, the pages documented that her great-great-grandmother died of that situation. And it began to give me information that her great-great-grandmother died of it. And then she'll begin to start thinking, oh man, my grandmother did die of that situation. And she begins to start realizing that it's true. Then what, what I begin to do is tell her, listen, you have a really serious situation in your hands. The medical doctors are going to give you chemo. They're going to give you all of these drugs. But what it's going to do is going to make your immune system even weaker and you're going to die even quicker. The book of life says that if you go to the path to the medicine, the, the book of life says you're going to have five more years. And then after that, you're going to die. So then she's going to be saying, Master Prophet, then what's the answer? The answer is, according to the book of life, these herbs. Then I begin to read all of these ancient herbs that are found in the book of life. Do you not understand that magic was originally used to bring people healing? Magic was used to help the community of people that were struggling. Now, where did they come up with magic? Magic was first in its original form. You being used with herbs. They were using herbs. They were using certain flowers. They were using certain barks. They were using certain skins of animals to literally mix it up so that people could actually get healing in their body. They learned an ancient secret that herbs and herbology is one of the fundamental principles of magic. And if you notice it, that in any pharmacy, they're always mixing something. You notice they're always mixing. Well, where did they get that from? They got it from magic. And I want to make it very clear. I begin to give her that I want you to take this herb and I want you to do this and I want you to do that and I want you to start exercising and I want you to do this. And I'll give her detailed information on changing her diet, adding these herbs, drinking this water and doing this. And then I want you to come back to me in six months and tell me how that situation is. And I promise you it's going to disappear because this is the way you heal people. There are two forms of healing that is operating in magic. Number one, you begin to summon a magical deity to radiate Reiki in a person's life, to touch them with, with this energy, to actually heal the person using energy. 
we know that that's one of the ways that you could use it. The second way is using natural herbs. There are things that are grown in the ground that will heal your body of any sickness and disease. You know, if you look at one of the greatest prophets of his time, Edward Casey, he used natural herbs to heal all of the clients that came to him. He did not use medicine. So according to history, Edward Casey, the sleeping prophet, when someone would come to him and they had a sickness and disease, according to history, he would go into a trance state. He would lay himself down on a couch, go into a trance state, and then under hypnosis, would go into another dimension where he would meet this old man that was the professor in a library. He would ask the professor how to heal the woman of her disease. The professor or the spirit would actually pull out a book, open the book up, like I just said, the book of life, and begin to give him the natural herbs that would actually heal that disease. According to history, Edward Casey would then wake up out of his hypnosis and give the woman the exact things to consume that within six months to a year, she would be totally healed of the disease. This is how it works. Protocol number six. All temple priests must learn to hear the voice of Chango and the seven African powers when they're away from the temple by listening to intuitive voice. Chango and the seven African powers will first lead you intuitively to make decisions, to follow directions when you sense inner peace about a situation. The matter will resolve in your favor. You as a working prophet and as a temple priest must learn to master the voice of intuition when you are away from the temple. The voice of intuition is the guiding light that will guide you when you're operating through life. And I want to make it very clear. The voice of your guardian deity should be so distinctive that you should be able to hear that voice no matter how loud the room is. Jesus said in the New Testament, according to Christianity, my sheep know my voice. I am supposed to know the voice of Chango, my guardian deity, no matter how loud the room is filled with noise. You, as a temple priest, as a working prophet, should know the voice of your guardian deity, no matter the noise around you. The second voice you should master is the voice of intuition. Now you're away from the temple. Now you're in the regular world and you're walking through life. Your intuitive voice is the only voice that you must master if you want to succeed through life. If you notice that in the life of Jesus Christ, he spent most of his time praying with the Father. And whenever he was away from the Father, his intuitive voice was the one that communicated with him because when he was speaking to his disciples, he told them, one of you are going to betray me. And then John was like, no, not me, Lord. And then, you know, uh, Peter was like, no, not me, Lord. And all of the disciples were saying, no, not me. But, but Jesus kept saying, one of you will betray me and one of you will cause me harm. How did he know that a, one of his disciples would betray him? He had this internal feeling. His intuitive voice knew that someone would attack him physically and cause him harm. And I want to make it very clear. If you are a working prophet, a temple priest, the second most important voice than your deity should be learning the voice of intuition. 
when you when you're going through life, I want you to look inside yourself and ask yourself, how do you feel about this situation? You're getting ready to buy a home. They tell you that it's a beautiful home, that it's in a good location. And then you start to feel that the guardian deity tell you, no, don't buy the home. You feel this trouble inside your soul. It's because the guardian deity is telling you that, yes, that home is right, pricely right. Yes, the home is beautiful, but you're in the wrong location because in two years from now, you're going to have these neighbors that move in there and they're going to cause real massive trouble to the neighborhood. Don't buy the house. So you'll start to feel this inner awkwardness that will tell you, don't purchase the home. This is what's called the voice of intuition. The voice of intuition will be the only voice where you will ever find truth in life. 24 hours a day, we are constantly being lied on social media, on the television, on the radio, and we are told things that are not true. You as a working prophet, as a temple priest, are going to have to master the voice of intuition if you successfully want to build your own prophecy business. You're going to have to master this level because there are going to be many times you can't see nothing. You're not going to see the result that you desire, but the intuitive voice is going to guide you. So let me explain what I mean. There are going to be many times that you're running your prophecy business, your cult business. And then you're going to start to say, well, I'm not having enough customers. Well, I'm not making enough money. Oh, man, what's going on? Something must be wrong. But your intuitive voice is going to tell you everything is going well. Just be patient. But on the outside, you're going to be like, but I don't have enough customers. I don't, I'm not making enough money. You're going to be looking on the outside of what your five senses is telling you. But the inside, your intuitive voice is going to tell you everything is well. Just be patient. The intuitive voice will always teach you what the future holds. What you see with your five senses is always going to lie to you. And that's the reason why I'm always telling individuals, if you are a working prophet and you want to become a temple priest, you have to walk away from your five senses. You have to walk away with what you see, smell, taste, touch, and feel and begin to operate with your intuitive voice that will be mastered by the guardian deity that will guide you. Because your guardian deity will not guide you through your five senses. This is corrupt. The only place where there is truth, the only place where there is glory is in your intuitive voice. This is the place where the guardian deity will constantly instruct you and lead you and give you this level of peace that you're on the right path for success. Protocol number seven. All temple priests must give up their personal will, their ambition in life, and must never turn to the left and right without the permission of the deity. You will never be permitted to go back to your old way of living. You will be sealed for the rest of your life. When you begin to go through the process of initiation into Santeria, and the godparents begin to ask you questions, do you want to become a temple priest? You're going to notice that they spend a lot of time focusing, do you really want to become a temple priest? Do you see yourself as a spiritual leader in your 50s, in your 60s, in your 70s and 80s and 90s? Do you see yourself doing magic for the rest of your life? If you give any indication that there's any question mark inside of you, if you're going to be able to fulfill this calling, 
your godparent will immediately recommend you do not become a temple priest. And they begin to shut the doors on the training uh, into Santeria. And I want to make it very clear. That's the reason why you got the godparent. They are the gatekeepers to make sure that before you get into the temple, this is what you actually want. Why? Because you're making a lifelong decision. You're going to transform so many people's lives. You want to make sure that this is exactly what you want to do for the rest of your life. And I want to make it very clear. Master Prophet Noel is a temple priest. I've affected so many people's lives that it's amazing. Now you say, Master Prophet, I don't believe that you've affected so many people's lives. Don't believe me. But if you want proof, go to my website, theuniversityofpropheticcoaching.com. Listen to the testimonies. You don't have to believe me. I think I got about maybe 6,000 testimonies. Go listen to my CDs. Go listen to my courses. Because in all of my courses and CDs, you will hear people say the most miraculous things about me because I have testimonies of all of the people that I've helped in 14 years of ministry. So I don't have to have people believe in me. Go listen to the, to, to the people's advice. Go listen to the teaching courses and you can actually hear it for yourself on how remarkable I transform people's lives. And I want to make it very clear. It's easy for me to say that I'm great. I'm not going to tell you I'm great. I would rather other people that I have served tell you that I'm great. That'll, that'll make a better impact. And I want to make it clear. I have thousands of testimonies that literally for 14 years of ministry, I've served so many different people. Becoming a temple priest is one of the greatest economic decisions I ever made. Becoming a temple priest is one of the greatest accomplishments as a human that I'm literally able to perform miracles to everyone that comes into my ministry. Becoming a temple priest has given me the spiritual edification. The spiritual dimensions are becoming my best version of myself that has bring internal transformation in every aspect of my life, in my personal life, in my economic life, in my family life, in every aspect of my life, becoming a temple priest has brain transformation. And I recommend this position becoming a temple priest because you will be able to serve mankind and really help God's people. Protocol number eight. As a temple priest, it is your job to unlock secrets when you enter the temple, to constantly speak the future events to everyone you encounter, showing the world your divine connection. Make sure that when you're operating as a temple priest, Always have a prophecy. Always have something ready for all of those that you will consult that will bring forth transformation. Reveal to people when money is coming into their lives. Reveal to people that their children are coming out of jail. Reveal to people that there's lawsuit money coming. Reveal secrets. Bring forth transformation. Show people how to become the best version of themselves. Let them know that money is coming in their life and you will see how you will impact the world and Santeria will be edified because of the service you bring to God's people. If you enjoyed today's message and want to hear more of Master Prophet Noel, spiritual teachings, please visit the website at www.universityofpropheticcoaching.com to see the large selection of teaching courses, CDs, DVDs, and phone memberships we make available.